Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will, friends. Welcome to Praying for America. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. You know, we can impeach Biden we don't even need any more evidence. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't go get it, but we don't need it. And I'm going to explain to you why, as Mark Levin explained recently on his broadcast, really, really clear understanding of the constitutional issues here regarding impeachment. It's just really simple stuff that I want to convey to you as he conveyed to his big audience. And it's just stuff that we, we need to repeat and we need to, to make sure every citizen understands. We've got everything we need to impeach this guy. Now, um, secondly, polling. Polling continues to go down the tubes for Biden. And it's like, are some key Democrat strategists and advisors ready to say it's time for him to drop out of the race? Well, as I'm going to show you, some have already said it. And then we've got um, this gag order nonsense going on with President Trump. I want to just say a quick, in fact, I'm going to comment on that first based on the reading that I chose from the prophet Jeremiah. Um, and then uh, that should be, oh, tr President Trump and education. Important, important things to consider. We're going to see President Trump for himself uh, speaking about some of his educational proposals that are really, really meaningful for people of faith and values and people who value the freedom to educate their children in the way that they want. So this and much more we're going to talk about. And today, of course, is Election Day 2023. Actually, there have been many Election Days 2023, and I don't just mean the special elections that have occurred in various places, but the fact of early voting we need to change our terminology. It's not election day is in November and then there's early voting. It's election day is the first day of early voting and then there are many election days because we have to get into the mindset of using early voting with the same intensity as we with which we treat election day and doing it better and stronger than the maniacs and losers and lunatics on the Democrat side of the aisle. So let's get into the word of God here. Jeremiah chapter 20, starting with verse 8. For whenever I speak, I cry out. I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering, terror on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. 
say all my close friends, watching for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived, then we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, who test the righteous, who see the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. For he has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of evildoers. Let us pray. Lord God, we can say this prayer for President Trump as he faces so many evildoers, liars, persecutors, enemies, evildoers that try to besmirch his good name, reputation, and try to make people forget about his absolutely unprecedented and historic list of accomplishments. Lord God, we honor those to whom honor is due, and honor is due to him. Honor is due to his team. Honor is due to the patriots who are fighting for freedom, who are fighting for us. They're not fighting for themselves alone. They're fighting for themselves in as much as they can then serve us and save America. Lord, help people to see this. Help people understand this. Praying for America means praying for our greatest leaders in America and praying that the incompetent leaders who hate America be cast out of office by the power of our votes. Lord, today, today is the culmination of elections 2023. Even at this late hour, pour out your spirit on those in places where polls are still open and enable them to see and to do the right thing. And Lord God, as we assess in these next few days the results of these elections, let us do so with sober minds. Let us not rely only on our own thinking, but learn from the wisdom of those with more experience and insight. And let us have, Lord God, the victories that we have implored you for. Let us have, Lord God, the results that we have sought by our hard work. Let us have, Lord God, the victory for freedom and for America. We ask all this in the name of the Lord of every nation, the author of freedom and life, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, that is a very President Trump passage of Scripture, isn't it? Right? Terror on every side. Let us denounce him. Making up lies about people. And then the person saying, I will not be silent. You notice how Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is talking about preaching the word of the Lord. For President Trump, it's about speaking the word of, about America, about freedom, speaking up against the corruption, shining the light in the dark places, exposing the deep state, exposing the weaponized government, the police state. I hope you've seen the movie, by the way, policestatefilm.net. And the passage is perfect. 
And it says, look, I can't be silent. And that goes to the matter of these gag orders. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details with you here. It gets confusing, actually. Gag order might be imposed, and it was imposed, and it was pulled back and paused and reimposed or expanded. It, it gets very confusing, not to mention the fact that there are multiple trials going on with multiple nut jobs in charge of them in terms of these prosecutors and these judges and these uh, DAs. I mean, these people are off the rails completely. These are people who belong in institutions. Uh, they really do. And, and my goodness, when we pray for America, we got to pray that these people get the institutional help that they need. Uh, Fannie Willis, uh, uh, Alvin Bragg, Jack Smith, um, uh, uh, whom, I, whom I'm missing here, uh, uh, and these judges. And I mean, come on. These people are nuts. These people are sick. They really belong in institutions. But um, the arrogance of them, I want to point out just a couple of things about, you know, saying to President Trump, you can't talk again. Oh, and they'll try to say, oh, yeah, oh, but you, you still have your First Amendment rights, but you can't talk about the people involved in this trial. Well, wait a minute. Well, what people are you talking about? They're, 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 they're trying to say, in some of the, the ways that these orders have been um, expressed, that anybody who might be called as a witness in these trials, you can't be speaking negative about them ahead of time. What, what is he supposed to have? Some kind of crystal ball? To say, oh, well, here's the people who, you know, are, are, are uh, what is he supposed to do? Take a, go through a census of the whole world? And 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 look into the future to see who's going to be called as a witness or who's going to come forward to testify. It's ridiculous. You can't put a, an order on somebody that requires knowing something that's unknowable. And secondly, it's you can't you shouldn't be putting any order on here at all. The First Amendment means something and enjoys particular privilege when you're talking about a candidate for public office. And a candidate especially, and this is where this is unprecedented, a candidate for president of the United States? You're going to have the arrogance to say, you see, because what, what's been said here about these gag orders uh, from these judges who are imposing them is, oh, well, you know, uh, nothing can interfere with the, um, pr the judicial process. Um, that takes precedence over a presidential race. It does? Since when? First of all, you have no reason for the judicial process taking place right now in the middle of the presidential race in the first place. You waited long enough, and you can wait some more. But you're going to do it in the middle of a presidential race, and then you're going to blame President Trump for bringing politics into the courtroom? You brought the courtroom into politics. And we're going to conduct our presidential primary and election as voters in America. And we're not going to let the courts decide this election. We're going to, not going to let deranged, incompetent America haters like Jack Smith, Alvin Bragg, Fannie Willis, and any of these other people, To uh, uh, we're not going to allow them. Oh, Letitia James, who I'm thinking of, right, the, 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 the demented attorney general of New York. We're not going to let them take away the vote from us. This is where freedom of all of us is concerned. But to say that the judicial process that you are 
uh, of uh, overseeing, being in a position, by the way, Letitia James and Jack Smith and Alvin Bragg and Fannie Willis, being in positions you should not be in, to say that that somehow takes precedence over a presidential race that hundreds of millions of Americans have the right to take part in and choose for themselves who their president will be? That is arrogance of the absolute highest order and nothing like this has ever been seen in American history. That's what I want to say about these, these gag orders of President Trump. Okay, when you do listen to President Trump speak, you hear something about the education of our children. That is extremely important. I talked to you last night about this great plan of the American Academy that he announced. Free education of the highest quality to get bachelor's degrees in a non-woke educational environment, utilizing mentors and teams and experts based online that can get people qualified or people who already have credits that need to be recognized towards an eventual degree. And he's going to get the money for this, not by uh, raising uh, raising the national debt, but by taxing and even, even suing these mega endowments that are going into the woke educational institutions, like the academia in America that's been captured by the radical left. It's a magnificent plan. Now, I was going to, I showed you a clip of him yesterday talking about this. I want to show you another clip here that talks about, he has such a common sense approach to education. He knows how to use money in order to leverage the best kind of decisions for the good of Americans and their families. Uh, but listen to this clip uh, where he's talking about another dimension of his, uh, his, uh, his desire to uh, eliminate wokeness from education. Uh, and then we're going to come back to yet another thing after that about homeschooling. But let's listen to President Trump for, for a moment. For many years, tuition costs at colleges and universities have been exploding. And I mean absolutely exploding. While academics have been obsessed with indoctrinating America's youth, the time has come to reclaim our once great educational institutions from the radical left, and we will do that. Our secret weapon will be the college accreditation system. It's called accreditation for a reason. The accreditors are supposed to ensure that schools are not ripping off students and taxpayers, but they have failed totally. When I return to the White House, I will fire the radical left accreditors that have allowed our colleges to become dominated by Marxist maniacs and lunatics. We will then accept applications for new accreditors who will impose real standards on colleges once again and once and for all. These standards will include defending the American tradition and Western civilization, protecting free speech, eliminating wasteful administrative positions that drive up costs incredibly, removing all Marxist diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucrats, offering options for accelerated and low-cost degrees, providing meaningful job placement and career services, and implementing college entrance and exit exams to prove that students are actually learning and getting their money's worth. Furthermore, I will direct the Department of Justice to pursue federal civil rights cases against schools that continue to engage in racial discrimination and schools that persist in 
explicit unlawful discrimination under the guise of equity will not only have their endowments taxed, but through budget reconciliation, I will advance a measure to have them fined up to the entire amount of their endowment. A portion of the seized funds will then be used as restitution for victims of these illegal and unjust policies, policies that hurt our country so badly. Colleges have gotten hundreds of billions of dollars from hardworking taxpayers, and now we are going to get this anti-American insanity out of our institutions once and for all. We are going to have real education in America. Thank you. These are proposals with concrete how-to mechanisms attached to them. They're not just ideals, pie-in-the-sky rhetoric. He's got a plan here. And you heard, the again, the money dimension here, taxing the endowments that go to these woke institutions. You know, to summarize what he's saying, American education should not be anti-American. And what American taxpayers pay to educate their children should be bearing some fruit showing that their children are getting educated, not indoctrinated, especially with anti-faith, anti-life, and anti-American ideologies. Remember patriotic education and the 1776 committee and the things that President Trump put in place in his first term that, that uh, among other things, help our students to understand more accurately the history of America? Well, you're going to see that on steroids and plus uh, to the hundredth power in a second term. Many, many great things. And he's going to protect homeschooling. Now, President Trump is very much in favor of school choice. Why? Because he's in favor of parental rights, because he's in favor of religious liberty. And let's hear another clip from him. And by the way, you can see these policy videos. And I want to encourage you, get into the habit of watching them regularly as they come out on DonaldJTrump.com. Because then you can share with fellow voters, you know, what the forward-looking, concrete solution is to so many of the problems that we uh, that we see in America. He's got solutions. He can fix it. He can identify the problem, but he can also fix it. Let's listen to this clip about homeschooling, which many of you I know are involved in. Take a listen. As president, it was my honor to support America's homeschool families and to protect the God-given right of every parent to be the steward of their children's education. Since the China virus, America has seen an estimated 30 percent increase in homeschool enrollment. When I am reelected, I will do everything I can to support parents who make the courageous choice of homeschool. Under the Trump tax cuts, we allowed families to use 529 education savings accounts to spend up to $10,000 a year tax-free on tuition for grades K through 12. This was a tremendous win for school choice. Very important, school choice. Remember that term. And yet, that benefit did not apply to homeschoolers. So to support the growing homeschool movement, in my next term, I will immediately fight to allow homeschool parents the same incredible benefit, $10,000 a year per child, completely tax-free to spend on costs associated with homeschool education. I will also work to ensure that every homeschool family is entitled to full access to the benefits available to non-homeschool students. 
including participating in athletic programs, clubs, after-school activities, educational trips, and more. To every homeschool family, I will be your champion. Do not vote Democrat. They are looking to destroy you. If you don't mind my saying that, Joe Biden can't put two sentences together, and yet he's looking to destroy you. Do not vote Democrat. Do not vote for Crooked Joe. Vote for Honest Donald. Thank you very much. Homeschooling. Nobody knows a student better than his or her parents. And so the home, the family, is the first school in life. And the parents are the first and primary educators of their children. And as their children grow up and go through the different grade levels of school, the parents remain in that position of having the primary right and duty to educate. They utilize the teachers and the schools as auxiliary tools to do the things they can't do for practical reasons, but it doesn't mean they're abdicating their responsibility. And homeschooling is one of the greatest options for school choice. You may want to send your child to a religious school, uh, some other kind of specialized private school, or you might want to educate them yourselves. Perfectly legitimate, and you can see President Trump's uh, determination there to support that option for all Americans. I started out by saying we can impeach Joe Biden right now. Now, I'm not going to put, put myself in the position of, of telling the, uh, the House of Representatives now under the great leadership of our friend, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson, um, what they should or shouldn't do. You know, many are of the opinion that, you know, let's have these hearings, let's gather more evidence so that the public is able to hear this evidence so that the media is forced to report on this evidence. Because if you have a full-scale impeachment inquiry and if you have a full-scale impeachment process, the media has to cover. I mean, there's a certain point at which the media's desire not to cover anything unfavorable to Biden and the Democrats reaches a point beyond which they cannot go because otherwise they look like totally uh, uh, failed attempts at pretending to be media. You've got to report on major stories, whatever you think of the results of them. So what this does is it forces the media to talk about things they don't want to talk about, forces the public to listen to things they might not uh, like to listen to. And therefore, the goal is not so much getting Biden out of office, because we know that this Democrat Senate will refuse to convict him, refuse to expel him from office, and therefore he'll remain. And in a sense, then they'll say, oh, look, this is a victory for Biden, just like the, 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 the failed impeachments of President Trump. He was uh, uh, vindicated by the U.S. Senate uh, uh, in each of those cases. But that's not the goal. The goal is educating the voters so they won't vote for this uh, Biden uh, incompetent uh, person if he does end up being the Democrat nominee on the ballot. So what should be done is one question in terms of how many hearings, how much more evidence, what witnesses do we want to get, what subpoenas do we want to issue, who do we want to bring into these committees, what do we want to do? People are, 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 are looking at that, and some are making the case to say, hey, if you're going to go for impeachment, make sure you've got uh, the evidence. Now, I agree with the value of forcing the media to cover what needs to be covered for the sake of informing the voters. 
But the point I want to make here, and as I say, Mark Levin was explaining this the other day, is that we've got everything we need right now to impeach Biden. Why? Because as Mark Levin explained, the United States Congress is not a criminal courtroom, jury, or judge. The United States Congress is not in a position to ascertain beyond a reasonable doubt if somebody committed a crime, nor is that what impeachment is all about. It's not a criminal trial. You don't have to have evidence of a crime and beyond a reasonable doubt and all those different standards. You don't have to have probable cause. You don't even have to have an action that the president had what's called mens rea. In other words, that, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm doing is, 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 is wrong and I'm intending to do something wrong. No, impeachment is in a different category. You look at the Constitution. This is a constitutional process by another branch of government holding the executive accountable. And what they have to determine when the Constitution talks about high crimes and misdemeanors, don't reinterpret that in the, in the context of the criminal code. High crimes and misdemeanors means this, and, and Mark explained it very well. You can go back to his podcast and listen to it. Did the president, who is entrusted with the well-being of the country, betray that trust? Did the president... Now, these are the, these are the questions that the House of Representatives needs to ask if it's going to, to determine a president should be impeached. Is the president doing his job? Did the president enforce the laws of the country? Did the president do something or allow something to happen? Okay, so it could be an action or an omission. In fact, not necessarily by intention, but did the president do something to harm the country or fail to do something to protect the country? That's it. We have got more than enough of a yes answer to those questions right now to impeach Biden. What am I talking about? What about the border? What about failing to enforce the laws that are already on the books to protect our country at its southern border? Just that alone is that for the nature of a high crime and misdemeanor, hey, we entrusted you with the protection of this country as its chief executive, as its commander. We entrusted you with the protection of the country, and, 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 and we already have laws in place to ensure that protection, and you, you are not enforcing them. You're letting them fall by the wayside. You're letting the border absolutely crumble, and as a result, you're harming Americans. You're harming Americans, 100,000 of them, being killed by these fentanyl drugs that are pouring across the border, and how much other harm to be done by terrorists coming across the border. We've already caught people coming across who are on the terror watch list. You don't think there's, there's some that escaped? Of course there are. The failure to enforce 
are lost. What about the sanctions that were in place against countries like Iran? And Biden, just who could have continued those sanctions, just not continuing them, ignoring them. And we see what happens as a result of that. You think these are not the, the, the substance of impeachable offenses? Don't think in terms of crimes. Oh, we gotta, we gotta subpoena these people. We gotta get this evidence. We gotta cross-examine these witnesses. We gotta go beyond a reasonable doubt. There doesn't have to be some kind of criminal standard here. There isn't. This is Congress carrying out a constitutional duty to determine whether the executive branch has fulfilled the purposes that we have entrusted to them. Protect our country. Enforce our laws. You don't need any more evidence that you already have that the, Biden has failed to do this. Now, that's not to say that these other things aren't important, the corrupt money. Dick, Dick Morris has come out with his book, Corrupt, the Dark Money of the Biden Family's Dark Money. I mean, all of that is important, and all of that should be investigated because there are crimes that have been committed. But, but, but I want to thank Mark for pointing out here the, the, the constitutional simplicity of the concept of impeachment. I think we need to recover this in our own minds and in our own discourse. Well, I'm going to actually uh, save for tomorrow um, these, uh, well, not actually tomorrow, no, tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to listen to President Trump. Uh, he's got a rally going on tomorrow night, and so Right Side Broadcasting Network and EndAbortion.tv will be covering his remarks in Florida. So tomorrow night, we won't have our regular program. We'll have uh, President Trump. But then Thursday night, I want to get back to uh, some of this polling um, and, 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 uh, you know, the Biden polling has gotten so bad that you'll recognize the name David Axelrod, uh, senior, he was a senior advisor to, uh, Barack Obama. He's calling on Biden to drop out of the presidential race. We'll read a little more about what exactly he said. It was a, uh, uh, he, he, he put this out in a number of different ways, um, uh, on, on X and in other ways. This is significant when these key Democratic advisors are starting to say, uh, you know what, uh, it's not just a question of what's good for you, Mr. Biden. It's a question of what's good for America. But of, of, as we were already commenting, what's good for America doesn't seem to be something that he's capable of implementing. So uh, the Democrats may have a, a, a tricky little choice on their hands here as to how to get this man out of the race for uh, the sake of winning, if they want to win the White House, uh, which they're not going to do, by the way, uh, they're going to have to come up with a pretty strong plan B. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Let's turn back to prayer over all these things we've been discussing. Father, we have a border in this country. We have laws that have been passed in our midst. Father, we have a president who has failed to protect us. We have a president who has failed to enforce our laws. We have a president that has betrayed the trust put in him by the American people to do good for our nation, to keep us out of danger, to keep us alive, to keep us secure. And therefore, Lord God, we ask as we pray for America, that we would be delivered from incompetent leadership, that the checks and balances that are built into our constitutional system will take effect, that rebuke will be given where rebuke is deserved, 
And that even if, Lord, the senators don't see fit to remove this man from office, nevertheless, the voters will be informed. And then the voters can take care of it one year from now. Father, we ask your blessing upon, uh, furthermore, these these uh, challenges that uh, President Trump is facing with these different trials. Lord, we see that politically. He continues to garner more and more support, go up in the polls. But Lord God, we, we pray for his family and for himself that, that the peace and the strength that you give to the minds and the hearts of those who know that they are right will fully, fully be experienced by him and by his associates, his attorneys, his family, who know that they did not do anything wrong. Lord, may the peace of the righteous, may the peace and serenity of conscience that belongs to those who do right be a gift to him today and every day. We ask you, Lord, to bless our system of education and the freedom that parents have to educate their children in the way they see fit. Preserve that freedom, Lord God. And finally, Lord God, in these elections that conclude tonight, bring our nation to a culture of life. May we reject the efforts of those who want more and more killing of the unborn. This is just unfathomable. What is it that goes wrong with the human heart and conscience when we want to kill more babies rather than protect more babies? Save our nation from this pro-abortion ideology and from the myth, the myth, that there is something such as a right to abortion. Lead us in the right path, Lord. Save our nation and enable us to do the things we have to do to do that, to accomplish that to save the precious gift you have given us. We pray now for the intentions of all those who are watching, and we pray in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you, friends, for joining me on Praying for America. And again, tomorrow night, be sure to watch President Trump's rally. We'll be back with some commentary on it on um, Thursday and uh, some more information for you as we work together to pray for America. And we'll continue going through Mark Levin's book, too, The Democrat Party Hates America. Be sure you got a copy if you haven't already. And be sure to see Police State movie, policestatefilm.net. You can see this movie about the fact that not that a police state is coming, but that it is indeed already here. And we've got to fight back against it. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org 
and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. Hello, I'm Evangelist Dalvita King with a very important message regarding the elections. On every level, it's very important that our leaders believe that in God we trust and that we are and must remain one nation under God. Let's take it one step further and say that we should be teaching that we're not even separate races. We are one blood, according to Acts 17:26, one blood and one human race. Abortion is such a threat to America, to the baby in the womb, to the health of the mother, to the relationship of the father and the mother, to the relationship of the family, and then into all areas of life in our nation. But we can do something about it. I urge all our followers and our communities to vote for life. Your vote matters. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.